In today's show, we talk about the newest Houston Rockets, David Nwaba. We're going to talk about the decision of waving Isaiah Hartstein to make room for him. And we're going to get into Kelly's new piece with Seth Part now about analytics. If the offense is triangular, it's something like a prism. Put you on that lockdown defense like a prison. Hakeem was the dream. The MVPs must be his children. They won 22 games in a row. That's a rhythm. Triple double rust, man. I need you to acknowledge he don't do this. Welcome to a new episode of Brody and the Beard on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mo DeKeel, and with me as always is our man on the ground, Kelly Eco, athletic beat writer, covers the Rockets. He's got all the ins and outs. Kelly, how you doing? Good, man. The weather sucks, but I can't complain. How about you? You know what? The weather's pretty crappy right now here, too, but it, it tends to be pretty because people really care about my weather here in L.A., tends to be kind of uh, <laughs> dark in the, the, the morning-ish and then gets hot as hell by the afternoon. So I try to squeeze in a run before all that happens. Yeah, it was it was raining all throughout last night, thundering. That was some – my house shook, I think. So it was a big thunder. There we go. And we had a pretty big earthquake here in L.A. Uh, the uh, Or not L.A., in Fresno the other day, so – it had me on high alert, but nobody really cares about that. They really care about <laughs> <laughs> the Houston Rockets and right. David Nwaba. Talk, it, it, it kind of funny, Kelly. We we do our podcast. We we talk about all the options. Uh, he wasn't a name on at least on my mind. Was he on yours? No, he actually wasn't in my radar. Um, that was kind of surprising to me. So when I I got the call and I heard his name, I was like, I was kind of shocked because. It makes sense, but I just didn't think of a think of it in the. I think the thing is that when people look at Orlando and who the Rockets would bring to the bubble, we were thinking about the now. But apparently, this is a signing for next season because Wamba's still injured. Don't don't um, go. We I said exactly that. Who's we? What do you mean? You said uh, we were thinking the now. No, no. I said well, this I'm is saying, an opportunity. I'm saying, I'm don't saying put me, don't general. lump me in there. No, no, no. You're getting lumped in here. I said, <laughs> I said in general. Like I thought it was. Well, I was thinking narrow-mindedly at first, and then I understood that you know there are other nuances to. I next opened season. your mind to it. I yeah, expanded you, yeah, your mind. Yeah, you, you, you yeah. Whatever. <laughs> 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 but yeah, the Nawaba signing is clearly one for the future. So. It's interesting. To, to me, I think that it indicates that either DeMar Carroll is not going to come back or this is just an insurance signing in case of uh, if they expect other moves to be made in the offseason. So I think it's an interesting prospect. Yeah, and, and to kind of give everybody sort of the rundown of, of who David Nuaba is, he's he's really a more of a defensive player than an offensive player. He's right been very up and down with his shooting. Look, he's been in and out of the league for the past four years. You know, signs with the Lakers. That's where he gets his first start. Uh, he's actually an L.A. kid. I know his high school coach pretty well. Um, then, you know, goes to Chicago the next year. Uh, then then Cleveland and then was with Brooklyn. Doesn't, you know, gets hurt, doesn't pan out all that well. So, you know, he's, he's kind of more of a, a defensive bulldog that, you know, on occasion can hit some shots. Uh, and, and I put that on occasion in quotes. You know, he's a career <laughs> 34% three-point shooter, but, you know, it's really up and down and streaky. It's not something I would fully depend on. It's something that would need to develop. But this is these are the kinds of guys that are available in this market, right? They all have these types of flaws for the most part. 
especially with somebody like we've talked about, you're going to look towards towards the future and think about of how he might fit next year, like you're saying, as an insurance policy if they don't bring certain guys back. I did find it interesting, though, that they waived Isaiah Hartstein to bring him in. Yeah, um, that was a bit surprising. I just understand that, well, the way he explained it to me was, you know, the team was going to play One Direction, and, and they they told him that, now look, this is how we're playing. Um, we, we like you, and we want you to get an opportunity somewhere else, you know, but you're not going to play here just because they're playing small. They're not playing any more bigs. Um, so I think this is a really full-on committal to small ball. Um, now, the, the thing about Hardenstein is that he's only 22. He's still raw. He's shown some promise with Houston in the times that he was playing. He'll definitely get interest from teams. He already has heard some some teams express their interest um, on a preliminary level. But yeah, it, the way it just unfolded because everyone thought it was going to be um, what, Chris Clemens or even Demar Carroll. There are other names that besides Hartenstein, and that might be because people, you know, that they have such high hopes for him and his his career panning out in Houston. So that could have been the reason why his name wasn't brought up as much. Um, but it was still surprising. Yeah. The. The reason why I was surprised, and I think we talked about it last podcast, was, you know, at some point, and I understand the full commitment to small ball, but at some point, you want to at least have the luxury of a relatively big man you can go to uh, if you're getting killed. And this is a seven-footer if you're getting destroyed by the other big man. And you could point to Tyson Chandler on the roster, but, like, come on, he's old. Like, let's just be honest, man. He's And, and, and it's not a shot at Tyson. He's had a long illustrious career but he's in his 17th season like you know he's barely played Hartstein had gotten minutes and yeah. and it's one of those it's more just like I've and, and, and me on a personal level like I would value having at least that one guy on the bench of like man we're just getting crushed on the boards today or their size is just absolutely killing us like let's just throw out one big guy to to you know we're gonna have to change and that's kind of the thing i mean this is like you called it a full commitment to small ball and you know the the problem is if small ball is not working their answer is going to be go smaller (laughs) like (laughs) and and i think there's also um a financial aspect to it because his contract would have been guaranteed for next season by october 17th but that would have been i think 1.6 million and, you know, if, if the Rockets didn't want to pay that for a guy they're not playing, it kind of makes sense to, to cut ties now. But still, at some point, you, you are going to need size on the court. I just wonder if all these moves indicate them, you know, standing behind D'Antoni Moore. Um, I'm not sure what it means for his long-term future, but I, I do believe that all the moves that have been made um, have been so with D'Antoni in mind. So it leads me to believe that, you know, they're believing in him and they're going to allow him to at least um, have enough time in games to, to see what small ball can really do. Yeah, I'm not buying that, any of it. I mean, the guarantee date, you know, at the end of the season, you could still wave hard sign and not worry about the $1.6 million commitment. It was $1.6, was that? 
Yeah, but yeah. but if if you wait, you know, some you also run the risk of another team scooping up Wombo, who's a guy they've wanted for a while too. So it's kind yeah, of a yeah, nice no, game. I, I get that. I get that part. You know, and this is and this is what we're talking about. You're, you're looking at guys who are more more likely to help you in the future. Like Nawaba's right. not coming in and helping this team right now, right? Like their their championship odds did not go up because they signed <laughs> David Nawaba this you know the other day, right? Like you know, it's 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 not a, a clear cut. Well, I don't sign. get yeah yeah because I think I don't get the Hardy over Clemens. I, I would think it was Clemens because his skills are redundant on this team. Um, so I would think you would need if you're all about variance, you know, and 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 throwing certain looks out. I would think Hardenstein is a guy that you you would kind of want to keep in the pipelines, especially if you listen to you know them talk about. Develop, developing young players and the importance of having one draftee on the on the roster for for the pipeline reasons. It was just kind of shocking. Yeah, and and um, I, I'm going to feel bad because I'm going to take shots at Chris Clemens right now. Um, he's just not that good, really. I don't see him being that much of a, a piece that's going to you know he's going to be in and out of the league quite a bit, you know, and 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 might hang on in some places and might not in others, you know, whereas it felt like, again, Hartstein was a guy that, that at least before they went to small ball, was a guy they were they were looking at developing. And you said it. They right. they liked him. They didn't love him. And and particularly the style obviously changed on them and, and things like that. But, man, I'm just saying it's, it makes me nervous, Kelly, that insurance policy. It's nice to have <laughs> that, that luxury a little bit, yeah. you know. And, and maybe Hartstein doesn't play a lick. In Orlando, I can't believe I just said the word. Hartstein doesn't doesn't play a lick. Like I'm a 1960s uh, <laughs> character. Wow. Um, maybe he doesn't play at all. But the uh, the idea, though, it's like it's just a a, a comfort level, a luxury, uh, a guy of just like crap. Okay, let's just throw him out there. You got to try to change it up. But I mean, now you know you're just you're just gonna like I said, just go smaller if it doesn't work, and think that's gonna make it better. It's it's like, oh, my parachute's not working. Well, let me keep pulling the cord, hoping it's going <laughs> to work at this point. Like, that's that's kind of what it feels like, you know, instead of being able to go to their reserve uh, shoot. So that's kind of my where I stand on. That's kind of what raised my eyebrows when it was Hearthstone. I like Nuaba. I think he's he, he can be a decent player. Yeah, I, I want to add something on Nuaba. Um, I was seeing a couple of stuff on Twitter just – about Nwaba, some some clips, some film. Some people were throwing out the comparisons to looking by Mute, and I, I was wanting to see your your thoughts on that. Um, just from a sheer physical standpoint, the wingspan, uh, the defensive intangibles, and the streaky shooting. Yeah, that's kind of a a stretch to me. One. You know, we kind of underplay the fact that Luke Umba Mute is six eight and has a lot longer of a wingspan than than David Nwaba. Uh I think, you know, Umba Mute could could play an undersized power forward position if you needed him to. Whereas Nawaba's really just kind of a, a two three guy. Like he's you can't have him guarding fours or anything like that. I just I just don't see that on the defensive end in terms of the streakiness of shooting. Yeah. And the fact that they're both probably not guys you're going to depend on all that much to hit, hit those <laughs> shots, uh, right. you know, uh, and we should give a shout out to our guy, Ali Khan, who uh, I think had a pretty good Twitter thread of, of clips from Nawaba and, and, and kind of going over who he is. So everybody should go check out his 
his stuff at Rockets Insider um, and, and go back and look if you want to get a little bit of a better understanding of the newest Rocket. But Kelly, I also want to get into, you had a new piece drop today with my Nerder She Wrote podcast partner, Seth Partnow, uh, former director of analytics with the Milwaukee Bucks. Right. Uh, AKA, AKA, AKA your better half. No, stop it. Stop it. First off, I'm a perfect whole. There is no better <laughs> half, just so you know. And that's also why I'm single still. Um, <laughs> the uh, Shocking, isn't it? Uh, get into your piece, Kelly. Yeah, so, you know, obviously Seth is, is a genius when it comes to I analytics and, and numbers. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> and, and everything. And I kind of wanted to get a better understanding of why they went small, the nuances of small ball, you know, projecting it and the sustainability of it. So the one of the first things he explained to me was, you know, kind of why they made the move after getting Russ, um, how Capella's defensive I- impact was kind of shrunken without Chris Paul and, and another shooter on the floor. There was a, an added need for, you know, space and how – Russ and Chris, they operate differently in terms of pick and roll and um, getting guys open shots. And if you have someone like Russ who does live in the paint, you kind of don't need two pseudo centers. So that was why, you know, Capella was moved. Another thing that he talked about was the defensive impact of Robert Covington and how to measure accurately uh, defensive impact like overall as a team. So Covington... In Minnesota, he was used more as a guy that, that was going to be a defensive stopper on opposing wings and and primary scorers. But in Houston, he's playing the Ariza role of a center fielder or free safety where you're going to put him in different spots. You're going to put him in the paint for, for rim protection. You're going to put him in on the wing to disrupt open lanes, passing uh, passing lanes. And um, as a whole, Covington's impact can, can be quantified just in how the Rockets' variance and their shrinking the floor abilities, they raise the turnovers. If he's on the floor versus if he's off the floor. Another important thing was shot quality and what goes into a good shot. You know, the Rockets take a bunch of threes. Some of them, you know, are open. So a lot of them are really contested. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so he kind of explained, and it was interesting. He said that of, of Covington's career, in terms of three-pointers attempted, only 10 players have attempted more contested threes than him. So his ability to, to, to let it fly is kind of why Houston wanted to get him in here. And um, another thing that we talked about was pace versus uh, speed of play, the differences. So when Coach D'Antoni talks about speeding up the pace, he's not just saying run up and down the floor, you know, 500 times. He's talking about getting to your actions quicker, you know, in- inbounding the ball quicker, causing the defense to scramble quicker stuff like that and that was a really good conversation with Seth and it's on the athletic right now to go check it out just a long conversation about everything small ball you can think of from point a to point z yeah no i've had a lot of debates with seth and i kid (laughs) when i say he's you know not a genius he is he's 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 very smart except when he debates me uh (laughs) but he but he is on top of his stuff and these are you know really interesting points to hit on you know, I I think did you guys also get into a little bit of the mid range debate? Uh we did off off top off uh 
<laughs> off, no, well, it's not off air because you guys were <laughs> you yeah, wrote yeah, it, yeah. but it did it off, didn't make off, it into the piece. Off Google's out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that's something that Ham and I clash on a lot, but. I highly recommend going to check it out. I'm going to go check it out because it just dropped now, so I haven't had a chance to read it, but I'm looking forward to jumping into it. If you're not a subscriber, you can get yourself a 90-day free trial. First off, if you're not a subscriber, I don't know what the hell you're waiting for, but it's going to pay off now. 90 days free. Go to theathletic.com slash Google for that 90-day free trial and read all of Kelly's stuff. I say go back and read some of his great works. You know, He had great pieces on Ben McLemore. Uh, he... Wrote a nice piece on Isaiah Hartstein a few weeks into the season. So I think, you know, highly recommend jumping in and going back and reading some of those pieces. Kelly's one of our best writers. And if you're a Rockets fan, nobody's more plugged in than him. So uh, I think that's uh, that's about enough uh, praise I'm going to give you for today, hey, Kelly. keep it going. No, I'm done. That's too no, much. No, no. I, it actually hurt a little bit even saying some of that. I bet. And that's, why, a, and that's why I said this is a better half. He's not. I told you. I'm a perfect whole. Done. There's no, there's no arguing here. Uh, you know, Seth's better half is his wife, and she's hilarious on Twitter. Um, but that's a whole different story. Uh, anything else you want to touch on, Kelly? We've gone some weird ways in this podcast today. Yeah, I have something coming next week on the uh, mid-range, the mid-range thing with Harden, so look out for that. There you um, go. Anything so look out oh, for that. Oh, we forgot to talk about the the corona the coronavirus testing. That's what I was thinking of earlier. You know, as you know, around the league, we're seeing more and more teams come up with names of people that have coronavirus, and the Rockets haven't come up in the news yet, but they will be tested. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on what do we do if we hear you know a name, a big name. I would anticipate that we're going to hear names. I don't know if we'll hear names, but I anticipate we'll hear. You know, t- more positive tests coming through. It's just kind of the nature of how this thing is going, and, and it's rising in a lot of places. So right. I won't be surprised to to see that. Um, you know, I I don't have a feel one way or the other in terms of how to feel. I I hope these guys are all asymptomatic. I hope they don't come down with symptoms. I hope they the the disease kind of runs you know in and out of them. And I hope that's the case for anybody who gets it. Uh, so I, I, I just kind of, I'm in wait and see mode, to be honest, Kelly. Uh, I think, you know, we've had a few names, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, Nikolai Jokic, um, are, are, are probably the biggest names so far to have test positive buddy healed. But I think that's kind of it. Like I'm, I'm just in the wait and see mode right now. And, and we got to see, cause they're testing every other day. So there's, we're, we'll eventually see some more, uh, positive tests come our way. Yeah. So that's it, I think, for today's show. So for Kelly Eco, for Mike Zimmerman, for me, Mo DeKeel, we out. Yeah.